Hello, Two Principles Podcast listeners. We are so grateful for all the support and appreciate you following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate review our podcast. You can also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Two Principles. Check us out on the web at www.twoprinciples.com. We are so grateful for our Two Principles podcast partners, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. Transforming care as usual, HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Our comprehensive services are rooted in evidence-based science that suggests an important interconnectedness of the mind, body, and experience. This blend of offering both traditional psychology services with the opportunity to learn and practice mind-body skills via our studio workshops and classes offers an innovative approach to the care we offer you and your family. We are excited to record our Two Principles podcast from the beautiful HealthWise Yoga and Wellness Studio located right here in Maple Grove, Minnesota. We would like to extend our extreme gratitude for this opportunity to partner with HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. Green Boy Brand. We want to thank Mike Minnick with Green Boy Brand for helping us design our Two Principles artwork and logo. Mike is a designer first and can help you customize your brand. If you are looking for an artwork design or logo, or even some cool merchandise, you can check him out at greenboybrand.com. We are grateful for the partnership with Green Boy Brand. They have done work for schools, business, sports organizations, and everything in between. Green Boy Brand can get you looking and feeling sharp. When you go with Green Boy, you're choosing to get a personal touch rather than a cookie-cutter look. Green Boy understands that you're looking for something fun, comfortable, and different. Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, where we help you get out of your head and into your heart. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. I'm Kristen Dahl, and I'm hanging out with the Two Principles. Yeah, yeah, I do oh. have a diet coke pizza. Oh yeah. wow! So you do have a diet. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna really get the we're gonna get like the revved up, <laughs> Kristen Dahl today. That's gonna be great. Um, Kev, you got the uh, uh, soundboards. You feeling good about the soundboard? Right. I think we're good. And I think we're all the, set. The mics are feeling good. Yep. All right. Well, let's let's have an epic show today, folks. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, and Kevin, as you know, has the music rolling. I like that. Kevin, there's no need for a countdown for me today. I am just feeling it. Without, I'm <laughs> feeling, feeling good, it without huh? a countdown. So I love it. Let's roll. The mics are hot. Uh, hello and welcome to today's show, episode number five. As always, super excited to be here with you today, Kevin. And we are super excited to have the owner of HealthWise, the one and only Dr. Kristen Dahl in the studio today, actually in her studio today. <laughs> I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the two principals. The Two Principles podcast, where we put the focus on leadership, work-life balance, stress reduction, and mental health. Thanks for tuning in today as we continue to walk this journey together, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. Hey, every episode, we will stay true to the Two Principles purpose 
consider the impact of our words and actions. Be in the moment, stay present, give it our best, and of course, we're always going to have some fun. All right, we are at that point. Two principles, check in. We're going to see how everybody's doing this week. Jason, how are, how are you doing? Well, the mailbag. we got to start with the mailbag. Starting so with the mailbag. This is a right. really funny one. So I got a call from John Reeves' wife, who was our guest uh, episode four, uh, wife Kaylee. And uh, Kaylee called me and said, Jason, I have a concern about the guest that you had on your show. And I said, Kaylee, tell me more. And uh, first off, she said she loves the show. Uh, she listens, and she was just super uh, excited about that, but wanted to make sure that everyone had the correct information about John Reeves. And so what she told me is that John does not cook all the food or put his food together, that she does it. And so she wanted to be very clear about that. And so sounds like we may need to have... Kaylee on the show to clarify some of the comments that John Reeves said, but I do appreciate Kaylee calling and, and letting it, or maybe, you know, today we should maybe ask Kristen for some couple therapy. I mean, do they need some couple therapy maybe? I mean, <laughs> you think you could help them maybe? Yeah, no, it sounds like she's got it under control. She's already, yeah. Sounds like she does have it under control. So, um, I'm glad that uh, that's the case. Uh, another question, Kevin, that came in. Um, are we going to have other guests besides principals? It's kind of an easy one. You go ahead and answer yeah, that Yeah, the one. answer to that is yes. And here's a perfect <laughs> example uh, with Kristen. And, and we are uh, going to have some other uh, individuals in the, in the near future that uh, are outside of education as well. So some uh, practitioners, um, therapists, and some other folks. Yeah, well, I just, again, I appreciate uh, the people that are reaching out to us and asking us questions and either emailing us or texting us or just stopping and ask. But yes, we are excited. We are going to be reaching out to a lot of different people and connecting with a lot of others in, in hopes to uh, bring people together. Um, and the, the thing that I would talk about today for me, Kevin, is, you know, my favorite analogy is a speedboat analogy. And I've been thinking about this over the last couple of weeks when it comes to, again, this podcast and what we're doing. But as if you're thinking about the speedboat, you're flying across the lake. Everything feels good. You're just flying. You look, everything's good. You're going across the lake. But then all of a sudden you need to slow down. And you need to pause and you look back and the wake is, you know, <laughs> coming over you and you can't breathe. And you're like, what's going on? How do I do this? And so I think for me, it's been kind of an opportunity for me to slow down and to, to pause and really say, okay, where am I at and what can I do to stay connected to myself? Because what I've, what I've noticed is I've been doing a lot of stress eating. And I don't know about you two, but I get into the cookies and the potato chips. Kristen, how about you? Do you do any stress eating ever? Yeah, I do kind of mindless munching sometimes. What's your go-to? You know, the cheddar cheese, extra cheddar goldfish. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I like those, yeah. You get a little bag of those and you just keep, you know. Yeah, well, they're so small. Yeah. They're yeah. They're nice and bitey and crunchy. What's some advice for me that I, w when you talk, because that, that does happen to a lot of people. Kevin, what about you? I know chips and salsa. Chips and salsa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a chips and it's salsa. It's happened this week a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. So, but when you get to that point of that, that, 
that you know the stress eating what's a what's a mm-hmm. good strategy to to t- you know to maybe catch yourself yeah well i think anytime with stress and something like that it's kind of mindless you know so it's just habitual it's just kind of doing something without really b- focusing on it say so i i think you know something that can be helpful is just helpful is to just try to get back into your shoes a little bit get a little um more present with what you're doing and if you probably really checked yourself you probably don't have a hunger cue going anyways you know it is just something that is comforting to just be doing that just, yeah it kind of almost numbs you a little bit right yeah. you're just taking that well that's that's really great advice i know um what I would say too is what I sometimes what I'll do is it like you said get back into your you know your space your body or where you're at that self-awareness piece and then do I need to have a glass of water do I need Mm -hmm. to maybe go for a walk what is Mm -hmm. it that I need to do but this week I've just been really uh stress eating a lot and uh just ripping through bags of cookies and potato chips like you know nobody's business so Mm -hmm. how about you Kev what's going on with you uh I need to get back into counting my calories I've noticed that (laughs) with myself Uh, I was doing that pretty pretty consistently for a good good period of time there and I've gotten away from it and I've noticed that I'm out of balance and and I trick myself because I have you know I run and and so I kind of no I'm fine I can eat whatever I want and and uh, that's just not the case how's the uh, how is the um, training going for your 50 miler good um got some good miles in this last weekend got a little over 20 um in two days so um weekends are always bigger than the week obviously Kristen, so this guy is running a 50 miler in September. So, have you ever ran a 50 miler? No. <laughs> no. What? How about running? Do you, I mean, cause some people don't like to run, and I and I'm and I'm one of those. But yeah. I have. But what, what? Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a runner, but I am a walker. Yeah. You know. So I just you know I just really like movement. You know, probably in the last five years. I mean, I used to exercise for the sweat often you know at other times but now i'm kind of focused on just moving my body and being flexible and strength training right now i think is Mm. the thing for me because i think if however you are now in 10 years if you aren't strong now in 10 years you're not gonna you know have that same strength so it's more of an investment in the future these (laughs) days but (laughs) well that's yeah that's great there is a lot of research out there about that strength training and keeping your muscles strong so as you as you age you're in better shape that's awesome so anything else kev no, i think we're good let's uh let's introduce uh dr Kristen Dahl. let's do it uh we are excited uh, extremely excited to have dr Kristen Dahl, licensed psychologist registered yoga teacher and owner of healthwise behavioral health and wellness on the show today Kristen is a mind body and spirit leader who has a wealth of experience in anxiety depression relationship difficulties, stress management, and mental health. As always, it's great to learn from others, uh, other leaders in the field of mental health and wellness. So we want to welcome Kristen. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be in your own studio. <laughs> <laughs> so you're nice and, comfortable, nice and comfortable, right? Here. Yes, yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Um, and uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Like I, I have been looking forward to sitting down with you guys. Um, from the moment I learned of kind of your project and what your vision was, I thought 
that's awesome. I, to be a support to that would be great fun, I think. So the studio is here. We use it um, for um, therapy. We have therapists that work out of our studio offices, but we also have a yoga studio and we offer other mind-body type services. And I thought it was a great fit. I thought, what better place to house you two, <laughs> on an occasion, Saturday morning. Um, so I'm happy to be a part of it and really happy to, to sit down with you guys today. Well, we it. are super grateful for the opportunity to partner with you and HealthWise. And again, hopefully we can make these connections and at the end of the day, uh, do good for other people. So uh, again, appreciate that. So Kristen, it is now time for the random question of the day. Okay, I am ready. So last week's question was, do you unpack your suitcase and put things away or do you drop your things in the house and just kind of live out this, live out of your suitcase for a while? Yeah, I totally unpack as soon as I, I'm not home until it's empty. Okay. It's just, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a tidy person. I kind of do one thing at a time. So yeah, I'm, I don't drop it right when I don't stop in the laundry room and do it, you know, but I, I, it is something that I'm not home until it's done. So you have to get everything done, put away and that's, then life can go on. Okay. That's good to know. I, um, that's awesome. Kristen, you want to turn that mic just so it's, there you go. So you could push that down further. There There you go. go. There you go. I feel uh, like I should be singing or something. <laughs> you should. Well, you might, we might ask you to sing here later. I I Hold on. I, I watched American Idol last night. <laughs> oh, I feel like I should belt it out. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Well, so anyway, this week's question okay. has to do with fear. Oh, okay. Okay. So do you have a fear of, let's say, heights? Or do you have a fear of snakes or spiders? So let's just yeah. start with heights. Do you have yeah. a fear of heights? I do. Okay. Yep. You have a fear fight. How about snakes? You know, no, I'm good with snakes. I am good uh, with snakes. The, I, my main one is like mice. Okay. Or a rat or something like that. That, 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 that kind of gives kinda, me the eebie-jeebies. Kind of freaks you out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spiders, though, you're okay? I'm okay with spiders. Okay. I really, uh, Yeah, they don't bother me. So. Right. so fear of heights, snakes you're okay with. Yeah. But get the mice and all that kind of stuff, the that, little creatures yeah. that run around. So you probably couldn't have a pet snake because you'd have to feed it. Well, that's oh Mice. god, yeah. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. I don't even think I'm down with hamsters. Like that kind of body type. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but their little feet or something. I don't know. I just, I literally, I if there was a mouse in the room, I would leave. Okay. Well, I'm glad there's no mice in the room here. Okay, Kevin, you eat? No, I know that there's not in here because it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful yeah. studio. Um, all right, Kevin, how about you? Where are you at with fear heights? hate it um flying um hate it uh snakes hate them spiders hate them uh i've got some things i got some things yeah, to work you on do got did, some you, things did work. you say flying yeah i'm yeah, not you a don't good like flyer to fly. yeah. i have been on a plane i think five times no. yeah. yeah and you wouldn't know it like if you saw me, you you would have no idea. But inside, yeah. I, I I'd be like dying inside. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Kevin, I actually called Kristen in here today. Actually, because <laughs> we're gonna do some therapy with you today. Okay. Oh, it's not yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, well, yeah, fear. I mean, that's a that's a big thing for people. And you talk about if it's heights or if it's snakes, spiders, mice, whatever it is, people do have fears. You know, and I did learn that there is a difference between fear and phobia. So we're you know we are talking about fears, and so. 
What I found out on this health beat from Northwestern Medicine is that understanding the science of fear, fear is our survival response. And so some people, you know, the roller coaster fans and horror movie buffs thrive on it while other people's avoid it at all costs. So, and have you ever wondered why? So what I did learn is that fear is physical. So fear is experienced in your mind, but it triggers a strong physical reaction in your body. Fear can make you foggy as some parts of your brain are revving up, others are shutting down. Fear can become pleasure, which I didn't, I guess I didn't know that. But why do people who love roller coasters, haunted houses, and horror movies enjoy getting caught up in those fearful, stressful moments? I don't know, man. Those people must be really, I don't know. That's not me. Is that you? No, I won't. I will. I don't like haunted houses. No, I no. just, that, I don't know when people get like, that's what maybe gets them. But you know what? That's what makes everybody different, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fear is an interesting thing because it does have, you know, the physical component. So it will trigger adrenaline and cortisol to, to start to pump in your blood, right, or your body. And so sometimes that's a rush. I don't know. So that's why you get the maybe saying of adrenaline junkie sure, or something yeah. where they have a I don't, either a comfort level or they enjoy the rush. But the but for most of us, the adrenaline and cortisol is the thing that kind of makes our, you know, our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system really revved up and it can be uncomfortable. So we tend to steer away from it when possible um, often, but it is an interesting thing, but it is a mind body connection type of thing, yeah. fear for sure. Yeah. It, you know, the last two things here. And like I said, fear is not a phobia. And then the last thing is fear keeps you safe. Fear is a natural and biological condition that we all experience. So it's important that we experience fear because it can keep us safe. And so like you're saying, the mind-body connection. So, well, thank yeah. you for playing along with the yeah. random question of the day. It's good to know a little bit about you, Kristen, uh, and I appreciate you uh, hanging in there with us to yeah. hit that. All right, uh-huh. let's. God, I didn't have a lot to work on. I <laughs> yeah, that was. Telling, yeah, there's, I, I probably there's other stuff too I didn't even mention. Um, okay, so let's get into uh, things about Kristen here. Why don't you just give us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what got you here? How did you get into this? Into career yeah. field. Yeah. Well, I um, I am from originally Ohio. So I grew up in Ohio, didn't come to Minnesota until I was a teenager. Um, but my grandparents lived here. So we were back and forth often. Um, but kind of Minnesota through and through went to the U of M um, have had my home here throughout time too. We lived away for a bit out in the West Coast in Seattle, but have always made Minnesota my home. But I so I got married. I went to the, like I said, the U of M, and then married and had our. Um, we had two kids, and at that time, I stayed home with them. I had a time. I was very fortunate where um, my own career hadn't really taken off yet. I was had, did a psychology undergraduate, and I really thought that at some point therapy and being a therapist was always an interest of mine, kind of a more of an interest, like a passion. I kind of felt like at some point I was going to move into that line of work. But I, um, we started a family and I had, we had two little kiddos. And so I had, was fortunate to have time with them when they were little. And then we went out to Seattle and I, um, started to and I went to graduate school out there and I got my master's in counseling and we lived out there for about seven years and I worked at the master's level as a therapist out there um 
And in that experience, I ended up networking with some um, hospitals and some social workers there. And I ended up getting connected and working with clients that had uh, medical issues, uh, either serious or chronic health issues, terminal type health issues. And I really enjoyed the work. And I thought, you know, I really would like to learn more about this. And so I developed my own interest in health psychology. So when we came back to Minnesota, uh, my husband's job kind of brought us back home. And once we got here and I had that experience out there, I thought, you know, I'm going to go back to school and get my doctorate and focus on health psychology. And so I did that. So the kids, you know, started to be into school age and um, I went to school. And before I knew it, it was five years. It was kind of a long journey with doing my master's on its own and then going into doing my doctorate. It was about 11 years total. So it was a long journey with school, um, but it brought me to this very cool place eventually, which was being a licensed psychologist, um, now in the state of Minnesota, um, having my interest in education in health psychology and just having a real love and passion for that. And that really brought me to my licensure, which then brought me to, okay, um, you know, what are my options for working? And private practice was one of them. So in 2010, I just started my, I was a sole proprietor, they say. So I was a, just a licensed psychologist and I named my, my practice HealthWise. And that was kind of based out of my own interest in health psychology. And I just worked on my own for three years here in town. So like till about 2013. And I started to move out of the work of the generalist. So I w was working with kids. I started to move out of working with kids. I moved out of psychological testing. Um, and I thought, you know, I had people coming to me for those services, but I was moving out of them. And I thought I, I would really, how cool would it be? Because I enjoyed coworkers. I enjoy collaboration. And being out on my own for three years was wonderful. I learned a lot, but I, it was a little lonely, you know. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could refer people out to people I really knew, other providers that I really knew? And so then that brought me to a business model that we have in our field, which is, um, you know, a group psychology model, a group model. And so I then in 2013 changed HealthWise um, and started to bring on contractors where we could work as one team. And I thought, you know, probably working with five of myself isn't a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, and I thought, you know, people that are, that, that their passion is working with kids, like that's who I would really want to refer people that needed kid, kid support to. So slowly over the next years until you know, 2013, 14 years later, it's just been a slow, wonderful growth experience of just providers that have come that we team under one roof and um, we provide these, you know, diversified services to the community. So it's been a, it's been a very gradual, organic um, experience for me, but it's been wonderful. And it's really just been trying to meet what the community has kind of been asking for slowly, you know. Um, so that's kind of what brought this group to be. You talk about the, the diversity mm -hmm. of, of what HealthWise has to offer. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Like what, what are all the things that, that, that a person could access? Yes, yes. So we, we do do um, 
talk therapy services for um, people of all ages. So we do see kiddos down to age four. So we have providers that really focus on and love to work with children and their families. Um, we, we also see individuals, obviously, for like one-on-one work. We offer couples counseling as well. Um, so in, in that gamut, we do offer services to all people and all ages. But we also have um, a part of our group where we do medication management. So we have some wonderful nurse practitioners um, that offer medication management that you don't have to necessarily be working with a therapist at HealthWise, but maybe you are um, utilizing medication to support um, anxiety management or mood or what have you. So we do have that piece that um, often can go hand in hand with talk therapy and medicine. Um, And then we have a testing and assessment piece. So we do have a neuropsychologist, and she does um, evaluations um, that are a bit specialized, too, for elderly folks, for memory, um, brain injury, um, dementia, those types of things that are quite specialized. She's very good at that. So we have the testing piece, too. Um, And then lastly, we added this mind-body studio whole kind of holistic practitioners just added to the team to kind of um, offer a, a, you know, a, a different way for those people that maybe talk therapy is the right fit for you, or maybe it's some medication management. But if it is both or just one, we can be helpful to you. Or if you're more on a a journey of exploring other ways to support your health, like it is yoga or meditation or just learning more psychoeducation about taking good care of yourself, we offer that too um, through our studio services. So it's a really comprehensive um, approach because none of us are the same, right? We're also in individual and our needs are so individual to to our ourselves and our own lives so it's about finding what is your fit there's no right answer it's just exploring taking care of yourself and how that works for you for who you are now so we kind of have all of that to choose from and so we all collaborate too which is really wonderful as well so how big of a team are we talking how many practitioners we have, there's 44 of okay, us, well. licensed psychologists, um, licensed clinical social workers, clinical therapists, um, and then we have the nurse practitioners as, as part of our team too. Um, so yeah, it, it do, even I'm sometimes like, whoa, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, a, yeah. but for some reason, the way that, um, because of the way therapy works and it's one-on-one, and everyone is a licensed independent provider, they're already um, kind of used to and have expertise and skills in kind of um, charting their own course for their own services. So it's an independent but also a collaborative experience. So I think that helps the number not kind of blow me over sometimes. Mm, Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, we're a team of 44, and then we have five holistic practitioners, and then we have this awesome admin team that helps us all um, support our folks that do come through our doors. Wow, that's very neat. Just a lot of great services here for individuals, and like you said, everybody's different, and how people 
can interact with that and uh, get the help that they need is great. And that's going to take me into the next question here. So when Kevin and I, and Kristen, you know this because we've shared this with you, but when Kevin and I, you know, begin our quest on what we want to do with this podcast, it was, we got to start talking about mental health, mental health. We get, we can't, we don't want mental health to become the a, the buzzword, or it's a negative word or anything like that. So I want to ask you, what is mental health and what does it mean to you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, it. I'm so thankful, really. I mean, I've been now in the field for 20 years, so I can say that even saying mental health has changed, you know, strikingly since COVID too, which has been a byproduct that I think has been um, a good byproduct of that very difficult experience. But it is more normalized. I mean, there are shows now of therapist work. There are, on you know, in shows, people have a therapist. It is so much more um, widely accepted, this idea of a supportive person in your life. Um, so I'm th- and the, I'm thrilled that we are finally here because it hasn't always, it's had its stigma throughout time. Um, and so I, it has changed in that sense that there's freedom to talk about it. So I do love that. I do appreciate that. And at the same, I see your point too, where we want to make sure that we are um, really giving its due respect and understanding it fully mental health, because it can kind of be a, um, now that we've all heard it to our ear, we all have our own ideas and we're talking about it now, finally. Um, it still is something that needs to be kind of parceled out and growingly understood because I feel like mental health to me, it is our mind, right? Mm-hmm. So we have our mind and our thoughts, but we also have our feelings because as humans, we're thinking and feeling people. So sometimes even mental doesn't do it for me. I kind of want to say like mental, emotional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to package it a little bit yeah. um, because it's both. Yeah. And so, and for what it means to me, I do feel like that, Keep having that awareness that what I'm thinking affects how I'm feeling, right? And how I feel then also reversely, right, is affects my thoughts. So there's this whole thing that goes on within us all the time, kind of in automatic pilot unconsciously that is worth inquiry and that when we attend and get curious about our internal world i think we really change the playing field of um our experiences if you want to say it that way so it's so important and i'm just glad we're here but i think we still need to like you guys are doing keeping the conversation going about what is it like really what what does it mean and how what is its influence and how can we um, positively affect it for ourselves? Right. And, and like we keep saying, it's, you know, you have your physical health, you have your spiritual health, your emotional health, your mental health, and it, it is what it is. And we just got to take care of it. And we got to talk about it. We talk, we can talk about our physical health all day long, but let's talk about the mental health part of it too. And we can, we can have these conversations and we can help one another um, and whatever that looks like. So I love, I love what you said there about that, uh, that connection and how it goes back and forth. If I can just kind of add on to that, what are some of the current trends that you are seeing with mental health services? And I mean, you've touched on it a little bit, but what are some of the trends that you see maybe, 
you know, during the pandemic, post-pandemic? Yeah, I think that, um, well, the main trend is, is we're, we're talking about it, which is awesome, like we said. But I, I do, f- and I've always, I felt this about the, the mind-body piece is I do feel like if there is a trend, I feel like there is a trend of awareness of how our physical body and our mo- emotional, psychological body are really in concert. I think more and more, I mean, when you think about a mental health diagnosis, even anxiety or depression, part of how we give that diagnosis is a physical symptom. Mm-hmm. So we right from the get-go, we're saying that the mind is this thing that was that we are diagnosing as is a problem or giving impairment is giving me a physical symptom as an indicator. Like that's one of the ways that I use we use in our field to diagnose. So right there, I think we are even saying that we know the mind and the body are connected. So I think that in our field, we're moving more into the direction of exploring that body connection with the mind and the emotions too. And, um, there are things now in our field like somatic experiencing, um, there's EMDR, there's other, there are some um, techniques and interventions that therapists are now using more and getting more expertise in, in terms of trying to understand that relationship between what we think and feel and how our body is processing it. Mm-hmm. So with EMDR, say, so I don't, even, I don't mean to let's, throw something out. Yeah, that's no, let's t- I was just going to follow yeah. up and ask you about yeah. that. Yeah. So EMDR is a intervention where it's um, um, eye movement, Oh my gosh, it's going to fall away from me. I'm sorry in this conversation. It's EMDR, but it's basically the idea, the intervention where you are, our brain bilateral processes information from from hemisphere to hemisphere. And so the experience is, is that when you ignite the body and remind it in that bilateral processing, it can be even tapping mm-hmm. rhythmically one to the other on your knees. It can be um, having somebody's eyes follow across from side to side fingers, um, or t- we use tappers sometimes, so it's a little vibrator in each hand that rhythm that's, that um, gives a pulse mm-hmm. on opposite. The, the idea is, is that we're taking psychological and emotional information while igniting a physical process like having it having our brain and our body bilaterally process that information that there's an effect Mm -hmm. that there is oh that through that you end up you know um lessening the emotional charge of a difficult memory or a difficult experience that you've had and so for all emdr specialists i apologize for my (laughs) elementary (laughs) well no i think that was great i just Ran into that one, but uh, no. And then the the somatic part of it too, in what you were saying there, is getting your it, when your mind and your body. When you say that connection, and the the thing that I'm I've learned over the last several years about myself, because I've spent some time doing some of this stuff myself, um, is sometimes you have not sometimes, but you have to bring. You have to bring that either feeling or emotion or sensation back to feel it and be with it and not push it away or not hold on to it or, you know, uh, and and to let it kind of work through you. Is yep. that? Yeah. 
Yeah, kind of let it rise up, right? Yeah. Kind of, in a way, consciously invite that emotion or difficult thing to rise up in you and to bring it to your awareness, you could say it that way. Yeah. And then kind of igniting the body in its own way to um, help you process it. Yeah. I know that sounds kind of... Um, I don't know if that's clear or not, but that's the idea behind yeah. it. No, I, it totally is, and I think it, it just gets back. I always, for me, it's just getting back, trying to get back into my body and 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 really feeling it and 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 noticing and 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 almost like you're doing, you're naming it. We're we're naming what it is, and so I'm. It, this always this gets me excited, Kevin. I get, I, I'm so excited. I want to keep asking more, but I'm gonna. I'm that gonna is let, great. I'm gonna let you keep going here. No, much. I love it. I love it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, let's see where we're at here. Um, so we're we're talking about taking care of ourselves. Um, that's kind of the overarching theme. What do you do personally? What is your routine? What are the things that you enjoy doing that that you know makes you feel? Yeah energized and well i you know there's a couple of things where um i have just tried to notice what helps me relax just a little bit so it's not necessarily i you know i have some things that i do enjoy like walking you know, I'm a I'm a walker either on a treadmill. I do enjoy that. But I'm also not like a sweat walker on a treadmill. Like I don't get on the treadmill and say, I'm going to do this many miles and I need this incline and I need this. I walk and watch TV. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> right. I love it. Because I stroll. But I figure that and that's not every moment I'm on the treadmill. I'm strolling. But it's like I get on this treadmill to like just please myself i don't like i just want to relax yeah. and i want to move so it's a different approach i have i don't you know as of late i i've had years where i've had i've gone for the sweat and i've gone for the for the x y or z that i was trying to accomplish and i just in the last few years of just like i want to enjoy my experience in my body i want to honor what i'm thinking and what i'm not even what i'm thinking what i'm feeling so if i do want to walk it hard while i watch real housewives <laughs> I, I will do that but if i don't i won't so it's yeah. like this self permission exercise i give myself but i love it and so what that has helped me do is i like love my time on the treadmill yeah. i don't dread it i'm yeah. like she, I'm coming. I'm coming for you, girl, because I'm going to, you know, relax and move my body. So that's something that I do. Um, of course, walking outside and stuff is great. And yoga is another love of mine, too, where I've just and that in of itself is funny because it's the you know, I've been doing it for years now. But really, when I started, I like I didn't like it. Yeah. It probably mm -hmm. took me like four or five times where I because I was like, what? You know, okay. I, everybody's doing this. It's all the rage. What is happening? I'm hot. I'm sore. I'm not. I don't contort that way. But I, it was like I think like the fifth time where I linked my movement with my breath. Yeah. And I thought, oh God, that's what they're talking about. Like this is, this is that thing that they're talking about that feels so good after you do it. So, um. So that's another thing that I do to just, um, but I, I want to be flexible and I want to be, you know, sturdy and I want to have some strength about me yeah. and centeredness. Like that's my focus, actually. That's great. I love it. 
That's good. So maybe you can help Kevin and I do some yoga poses after the show here. What do you think? Yeah, I'm We might need to. to stretch out a little bit, yeah. huh? Yeah, I'm the most inflexible person you'll <laughs> ever meet. I can't wait to see you in a couple of these yoga poses. <laughs> well, it does... It's uncomfortable, but it does yeah. feel good after. But you I've know. done some. I've, I've not done it consistently enough to uh, probably get the benefits that it, that it can give yeah. you. But yeah. um, well, yeah. here's another one too, just with yoga, to, which is Yin Yoga, and I don't know if you guys oh, have even never heard, heard of that. It. Oh my gosh, we do that here on Wednesday nights. It's awesome. It's it's this Yin Yoga is really based on the premise. Uh, it's it's poses, but you're either sitting or lying down mm. with bolsters and props yeah. so yoga props and the idea is to let gravity do the work mm. so you kind of go in some positions where you are stretching and you stay there for like five minutes or well maybe not five minutes but you stay there for a long period of time and let gravity kind of slowly mm -hmm. sink you down um and it's really an interesting you actually feel space being made in your postures if you want to say it that way where you you and and because it's so slow you then have this experience of noticing how busy your mind is oh sure so that's interesting too so um but we do that on wednesday nights we have a six o'clock class and it's um it's relaxing it's stretching and um it's very centering for for your spirit so <laughs> Um, I enjoy that. I we might that have to try that out on a Wednesday night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Did you want to, um, I, I guess I want to, can I ask a yeah, follow up? Yeah, follow up. Yeah, I just want to know, like, as you, you know, the owner of HealthWise, right, you're a busy person, what's that? Because we, you know, the other big topic we, we want to talk about is that work-life balance. And, and I know work-life balance can mean different things to different people. And at some times, at some points in your life, you're, you could be here, you could be here, but trying to figure that out. How do you balance you professionally and personally with all the things you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a practice, right? There's no perfect to it. You have to kind of um, sometimes experiment, I say, and like try some things in order to see how they, how they work for you. But one thing I learned about myself is that, and it's just my natural wiring. I think all of us have natural wiring and it's always helpful to just be aware of what that is. There's no right or wrong wiring. Um, but mine is, I'm not a great multitasker. Like I noticed when I would take my week, my work week, and I would, I would be a psychologist for the morning and then I'd put a different hat on and try to attend to you know different things that helped that the that the business needed and that the the, um, the team needed that I was exhausted mm -hmm. I just I learned through my experience that I just it's not optimal for me to do both in a day like that it's not a good good way for me so I switched it up and I have days where I'm a psychologist and that's my focus and I come to work and I'm a provider 
with the team and I see my people and that's who I am and what I do. And then I have a couple days a week where that's it. And then I also, then the other days I've said, okay, these days I wear this hat and that mm-hmm. this can be my focus. And then this is what, so I, it's just been kind of a trial and error of um, finding out what works to me by paying for me by paying attention to myself. I yeah. think sometimes we don't do that enough. Yeah, We have self-expectations. We have um, more black and white. And, and um, our self-expectations drive a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of our stress management. I don't think we think about that a lot. I think um, we have lots of things that we think we should do. Um, and we also have a way that we think we should perform those things. And so it's always on our mind because that's how we feel congruent. Like when I do it that way, um, that's how I feel like me, you know? So, but when you step back and you think about, you know, self expectations, I think it's, that's a, that's a way we can get it not to jump into self uh, stress reduction. So I don't mean to do that, but that's a way to. I approach stress reduction and stress management with people I'm working with. It's kind of like, yes, you can take a walk. You can leave work five minutes early. You can. There are things you can do for sure. And those are things to stay mindful of and to stay in a practice of doing. But I think another even another prong or another way to look at it, too, is your internal world and kind of how are you with yourself, if you want to say it that way. Like, what are you expecting, you know? Um, and how is that driving you? Is it, are you able to give yourself some slack? Are you able to give yourself some credit where credit is, you know? What is your relationship like with yourself? And it. that is really integral to kind of how we do everything. Is the, So that's why I liked you guys when you were saying, like, it starts with you, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm like, yes, <laughs> it starts with you. Yeah. So that got me excited. So I was like, this is, so that that's along those lines. Like, I, I also believe that, and I feel like it really, you know, how we set ourselves up within ourselves is very, um, affects how we end up moving forward with something, if that makes sense. Totally. And I love what you said about stress management. And I think, you know, we talk about stress reduction. Well, yes, we, but there's also, how do you manage it? And I like how you said that. So that's great. I'm going to, can you keep, if I'm, if I just go, I'm going to just keep rolling here. Um, One of my favorite topics is social media. And the reason I, I shouldn't say favorite, it's something I'm, I'm very intrigued by number one is because there, I think it can be a great platform to engage, connect, learn all that stuff. But then there's the other side of it that I want to talk to you about too, is that addiction part of it with the smartphone and I'm on all these things and I all of a sudden I'm on my phone and I, that's all I'm doing and I'm losing, I'm losing uh, connection. Like you said with myself. So let me ask you this. First of all, are you staying up to date with the latest social media platforms and who do you follow? And then I might have a follow-up question after that. Yeah. I would say I'm your general no. I mean like uh, in Facebook and Instagram. That's the other thing about being a business owner too is like how do we, it is a way to get your message out of like, hey, this is what we do. This is who yeah. we are. This is how we can help you. So um, I 
I am in that world. I do get help with that world because it's not my natural take to, to those skills. And, and that's a time management thing. I mean, yeah. that for me to do that would take a long time. Right. So I do get the help of people who are professionals and do and do that. And um, when with my guidance, we're able to like um, get out the messaging or get out the services, let people know what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Like that's important. Um, but I don't know TikTok. I, I hear a lot about TikTok, actually. <laughs> we might get you on TikTok today, okay? We're going to get a TikTok out there on you today. I've been learning a lot about that, and I will tell you, in a short amount of time, Kevin can attest to this, I've spent time, and I was not a TikTok. I, I actually got away from social media for a long time, but since we've been doing two principles here, part of part of the part of the job that yeah. my boss here has given me is yeah. he wants me to be the communication social media. Yeah. So I'm jumping back into it and I've learned so much about TikTok in a short amount of time. So we will do a TikTok will, with oh you today. Oh my gosh. Well, what <laughs> I hear people talking about is that they they're learning it's a learning platform of of there is there a part of TikTok where you are Yeah. It's educate mm-hmm. recipes. Yeah. You can learn all sorts of things. There's people talking about uh, motivation. I mean, there's just so many different things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's all right. Well, I that will be new for me. But I do do like you know Facebook and Instagram. But I'm not, I'm not too patient. I don't go deep in it. I like look at the first couple of you know scrolls and then I'm like, okay. Who I've do you follow? It. Do you have anybody that you like follow? Or? You know, I do. I really like um, the holistic psychologist, and I do share that with clients that I work with sometimes too. She is a psychologist. She um, she's written a book on how how to do the work. I just happen to really. Um, I'm interested in her, um, you know, take or whatever. Like she does a lot of trying to understand yourself kind of through the lens of your early childhood and, um, you know, kind of how you shaped and were formed from that. So I like that. But hers also, she gives a lot of psychoinformation, um, psychoeducational type stuff that I find myself screen shooting, you know, like, I'm like, that speaks to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to look at this later. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not just an inspirational quote with a pretty picture. It's like some really good nuggets of like, oh, like emotional regulation. Here's the one, two, three, like stuff where I'm like, Yes, thank you for the reminder. I, so she's great. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't have like a, you know, anyone. Oh. I'm a big, I'm a big Joe Dispenza. Um, oh yes, too, Joe Dispenza. So, yeah. Yeah. So like I, I do um, follow him on mm-hmm. social media. It's not a lot what he does on social media, but he does a lot she of other does, things yeah. that I, that I enjoy and learn from. So he's got some really cool meditations and just different ways to get into that mind and body. He's very, yeah, the spiritual side too. That's great. Um, really quick because this one I, I struggle with and I think a lot of leaders, uh, maybe struggle with, or even parents or whatever, but even adults is, you know, you read so much about the addiction of a smartphone and the addiction of social media. What do you see from being on the therapist side of it? or some things that maybe we could do to address that, help that, look at it? Yeah. Well, one, I think the way our brain works is like what we pay attention to grows in our awareness. Like we don't often think about our attention and where we place it and how that directs a lot of our experience. And so when you have something that has your attention like a smartphone where it has some interest, right? Something that's interesting you, something something you're learning from or, or what have you, and you place your attention on it, it does kind of 
grow in your awareness. It's the thing that you can focus on. And then there's the science of like the dopamine hit that we get, right? Yeah, so when we yeah. get a lit, when we get a like, when we get a, you know, I made a post. I'm going to keep looking to see who's <laughs> who's liked it, how many's liked it, who's liked it. You know, did they make a comment? I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Kevin, does that sound like me? <laughs> <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, from that standpoint, I think it is, you know. I mean, look around. We're all on our phones to some degree, right? But I think, and it is a form of connection. I mean, mm -hmm. it is the thing that you can learn about something that's happening across the world mm -hmm. and, you know, minutes from it happening based on this interconnected thing we all have, like, mm -hmm. in our hand most of the time. It's amazing. But like anything else, it needs balance. That's, yeah. that's my opinion, mm -hmm. you know? I agree. Thank you. Okay. I want to ask about, um, you know, one of the things Jason and I talk about is uh, leaders burning out and um, how can a service like you have, how can a therapist in general, using general term, how can a therapist help someone from not burning out in their job um, or the balance between their job and their personal life yeah. just and that's kind of a general question yeah. but well when you think of like burnout you think of like rate of speed right which is you know you're you're kind of in that automatic pilot going right so you kind of have this this cadence of of um of going 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 if you want to say it yeah. that way the beauty of one of the things that talking with somebody and taking time for yourself in this way is that what you ultimately are doing is you by carving out that experience for yourself you are slowing yourself down right so then when you slow down you have a chance for reflection mm -hmm. as opposed to automatic pilot which which just goes without really a lot of conscious effort say so but when you slow down and reflect you often then become more aware of options around you automatic pilot is very fast right so this the the hour that you carve out that time um that you're saying to yourself, I'm going to give it to me, right? I'm going to sit down. And you are talking to a professional or another person, but essentially you are, you are spending time with yourself too, right? So that in of itself is an act of self-care because you're really saying to yourself, my life is that important to me, you know? I want to understand this more fully, you know, there's so many things about ourselves that are just second nature um, with us. They make us feel like us because they've just been with us so long. How we do things, the way that we do things, how we approach things. It's like when I do it that way, I feel like me mm -hmm. because I've just done it that way for so long, so often. But, you know, we grow and change through a lifetime. Challenges come our way. We have to shift and pivot. And so if we don't slow down and give ourselves a moment to reflect a bit and say, okay, like this, because not everything of how we did it before is going to work for who we are now. Mm -hmm. That's how we change through a lifetime. That's how life changes. So you really benefit from that pause and that um, moment of curiosity where you say, huh, 
you know, that has served me so well. That's actually a personal strength of mine. But right now for what this is, what I'm moving through, the experience I'm having, the challenge that is in front of me, it doesn't work so well. I might need to, people come in and they say, you know, there's, there's, we always want to change, right? And, um, or if we're uncomfortable, we want to be comfortable. So the, the, the pendulum goes big swings. And so my, my two cents is always like, wait a minute, you know, maybe, maybe there's a pivot here. Maybe there's a shift. Maybe that, maybe there's a tweak, I'll say, because those are often more the case because they actually are the the big swings come through an evolution of time, right? And so, but as we move through something and are changing, tweaking and shifting are, you know, so important. They're such a good resource for us to do. So, but unless you slow down enough and step out and step in to a slower cadence, a slower, a slower speed, you don't have that chance to kind of glean all that great information that you have within yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so you mentioned earlier about cadence and you just said it again. And you talked about how everyone kind of has their own cadence. Yeah. How does one know, <laughs> you, you talked about the, the ability to pause and which gives you time to reflect on things. But if you're in that burnout pace, how does one do that? How does well, what, what's the warning sign for yeah, someone that feels yeah. like they're in a in a burnout? Yeah. Well, this, your body. Okay. Your your body is a can can be a real partner to you in that if you're paying attention to it, right? So a lot of times it is something we will burnout burn you want to catch burnout but you have to do it with pain with self-awareness and if you don't and you just barrel through something will give eventually yeah. right it'll either be like i'm just not getting the joy from it that i did, that i used to so you feel kind of that way towards something that used to kind of excite you and fill you up maybe it's that maybe it's a injury or accident or um a relationship issue that has evolved because, you know, there hasn't been a slowdown. There's all sorts of signals, right? But sometimes it's people come in with the problem. This is my problem now I'm having. My relationship, my marriage, or my anxiety has got me so impaired, or like I am just not happy. I don't know why. There's really nothing. Spe- it's it's the gamut of all those things. Those are the, are, they, they come in thinking that's the problem. Yeah. And it is. And we will attend to that but often it's it's we we need to get before that happens we want to self-understand how it is you came to what you are in the midst of so you can understand it better so then when you understand it better you have a whole you have access to to a whole nother treasure chest that you didn't even know you had inside you so yeah I, I love it yes. yeah so complicated but, but i mean but it, it, it i mean it's complicated but but yet at the same time in a weird way it's simple yeah <laughs> too I, I it sounds just crazy that i said it that way but um yeah yeah no that was good yeah i i so 
it's you know take that for 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 what you will but it is a it's a it's a beautiful thing when a person comes in and even though they are feeling sometimes terrible you know it's hard what they're going through and or the problem is very painful it's it is it is that that is the truth but the fact that you have come and are present with yourself and are open to being vulnerable to yourself mostly. Don't think it's, you know, you're, you are talking to another person, but it's really the honest conversation that you're about ready to have with yourself yeah. with a supportive person who's going to remind you to be kind and patient to yourself because our automatics are like, we are so hard on ourselves. Ooh, and oh, I, think, yes, I think that's why people sometimes shy away from conversations with somebody like this because they're like oh my god you know what are they gonna think of me mm -hmm. this is what i think of me like mm -hmm. i can't i can hardly stand that much less go and be vulnerable to another person mm -hmm. but it's it is the most beautiful thing when somebody has that inclination and that sense of courage to be with themselves in a moment like that so they can find their way with it you know it's 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 the best job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's very powerful. Well, especially when you can help people get back into themselves and to really recognize and start to take care of themselves and work through that kind of stuff. I mean, that Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. I people people sometimes don't know the power of support. Like it is, it is truly a powerful experience to be supported by another human being. And if you have it with your partner, your friends, your parents, your siblings, great, like mm -hmm. awesome and soak it up, you know, but sometimes support from a person who isn't in the midst of it with you because they love you. Right. And so if you're right. uncomfortable, they want to sweep it away, you know, but sometimes sitting in your own discomfort with a supportive person is one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself. Really. Hmm. When you're in the midst of something challenging. It's yeah. great. Fantastic. All right. I, will, I like food a little bit. So not a little bit. I actually like it a lot. And I've kind of gone through my own personal journey. And that's why Kevin and I are, uh, we, we've, you know, our, we have our own journeys of why we got to where we are now and what we're doing. But a lot, of it, a lot of it had to do with pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And so food. But I always like to know, like, because it, 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 I think there's so much connection when you talk food and breaking bread together and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So what's... What's Kristen Dahl's go-to meal if you're gonna like? Are you gonna like make a make food for the family? What, yeah. what are you gonna do? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm gonna go out to dinner. I'm just right. <laughs> That's okay. Where are you gonna go then? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I do. You know, there is that comfort. Like a good good pasta is always yes. fun. But oh, you yeah. know, but I tend to like if. I like my my go to with my with my family, you know. And my kids are grown now, and they still ask for it when when they're home. But chicken fajitas—that's my oh, my go to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. do I do love a little spice and a little bite to things sometimes. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a good one. But I do love you know a good salad. I mean, a good salad to me sometimes is as good as a cookie. I love a good salad. That's just, oh, that's I don't just know me. about that. No, I you know, didn't give me that. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat a cookies. good salad, though. That that can be 
full of all sorts of I know. Yummy I should things. probably. So what I'm hearing you telling me is, Jason, you need to <laughs> eat a few more salads. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's good. Say so one of the things that we always like to ask our guests um, is about um, how they got to where they where they are professionally, and mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about that. Um, but we like to talk about mentors and um, people that influenced them because mm-hmm. more times than not mm-hmm. uh, people that are in leadership positions um, mm-hmm. have some impactful story about mm-hmm. someone that that really mm-hmm. influenced them mm-hmm. and so we just like to learn and yeah. um, hear stories is there anyone in particular in your childhood in going through college um, you know I think you know, you some I've read a few books at different times in my life that literally changed my life, mm-hmm. you know. So it wasn't necessarily um I kind of I I do like to learn. I do, I am I'm on my own journey of exploring things that are of interest to me. Not only psychological type things, but emotional, but I also like spiritual things. I like um quantum physics. I like different kinds of things like that. So um I kind of I just follow breadcrumbs, I guess, if that's a way to say it, meaning like I will find a person or um, and it's maybe not even a person in my life life. Like it might be a Joe Dispenza or Mm -hmm. like Deepak Chopra. One time he was in town and he had just written a book on health um, and it was my 40th birthday and I went to go see him speak. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. (laughs) Then he signed my book. (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) You know. So it's been more along the lines of just learning and finding something that resonates and then just exploring that. And then that sometimes will bring me to the next thing. I've been super interested in like the subconscious, like personally, like that's where all of our habits live. That's where, you know, we use only like 5% of our conscious brain. Mm -hmm. The other 95% is our subconscious. And there's so much stuff that goes on there that I'm unaware of. Obviously, (laughs) But like, I like learning about stuff like that. So it's, it's more of a, I just find the thing that resonates and then I explore it and it leads me to something to something else. Okay. Yeah. I like it. It's very yeah. cool. I like, I like that. I like the little brun, uh, bread crumb, breadcrumbs analogy too. That's kind of taking you different places. Leadership. We like to talk leadership. I mean, that's, you know, that's a big uh, part of this show and, and what we talk about, but I want to know what leadership means to Kristen Dahl. And then really, how do you build and sustain a positive culture. And, and when I look around and I look at health wise and I look at the amount of people that you have that, you know, work out of your, your, your offices and things like that. So what does leadership mean to you? Well, leadership, I think for me is something, it's been my growing edge. It, it, it has, it hasn't been managing people or um, a system has um, been a joy for me, but it's also been something that isn't natural for me. I mean, I'm a therapist, like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a, I'm a talking present. I love all that stuff. Right. Right. But sometimes leadership is hard. Sometimes you have to make decisions. You have to, um, you know, um, direct people, if you will. You have to make some decisions that are hard because um, it just calls for that. And you can't make everybody happy all the time. One of my biggest things that I've learned in being a leader is that I... 
I've struggled to put my needs on the table as a leader. I think that's been, and, and because I, um, I naturally accommodate and I'm pretty flexible. Like most things can fly. You know, I'm not a regimented person. I trust people's other people's judgment. You know, I think um, so for me, it's been a balance of, of trying to I've had to learn to assert myself um, in different scenarios for the good of myself, which felt weird because I'm a collaborator, but also for the good of the team you know, and what the team needs, and then keeping an eye out on what this system that we're, we've created, like the heartbeat of that system, I have to nurture that. I have to figure out ways to nurture that. And that's been um, a joy because I love doing that. But at the same time, too, I ha- it's, it takes effort. I have to stay mindful of it. I have to stay present in the system. Um, so leadership for me has been growing more comfortable with um, trusting my judgment um, for myself and others. And um, that's, and as far as like, how do you do it? For me and what I've got going here, my main focus is caring. Like mm-hmm. I care about the team as much. I care about them as people as mm-hmm. much as I do the people we serve. Um, and so when I take that human approach and seeing them um, as whole people, like we have, we've had so many babies here. I can't tell you <laughs> over 14 years. I counted just this summer and it's like 26 babies have come, meaning like either people have started their families, they've added to their families. I mean, amazing. Um but really staying present with each person that I interact with and caring about really what, how are they doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, they are, the team is, is as important to me as, as my clients. And I mean that with great respect because um, they are people that we are in collaboration and what they do is, is important also. So I want to support that. I'm a, I'm kind of like, I'm an old cheerleader. Like I really <laughs> am. Like I'm kind of like, I really just love supporting people. And to do that, you have to know them yeah. if it's going to be genuine and authentic. So that's the basis, but that's fun. Like I enjoy yeah. getting to know them too. So um, it's a win-win, mm-hmm. I guess, but it hasn't been easy. I will say that it has not been easy. I've I've had to really stretch myself at times, but it's been for my good. And, um, but it's been a process for sure. That's good. That's good. Um, moving in to another question. Um, we hear a lot about, uh, difficulties with parenting, um, from a, from a therapeutic side of things. Um, what are some parenting advice tips uh, that you have developed over the years? Um, have you dove into that arena? Yeah, yeah. Well, I have two kids myself, um, and like I said, they're 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 grown now. They're twenty six and twenty eight. Um, so, but but I do you know I don't work with kids so much anymore. Um, but I a lot of us are parents, and yeah. a lot of us are either parents or they're. They're, they have parents. So it's like the whole um, family system is something that is, you know, for all of us, if you if you want to say it that way. But I think for me, I, I'll just speak for me, one of the things that has helped me 
in my own parenting is catching myself when I over identify with my kids, meaning like, you know, they are little humans that are come to kind of live their own life and be who they are going to be. And when you're raising them, you love them like none other, right? And so you are mindful of what they're doing and you have your ideas about what's good for them to do, what's safe for them to do, what's positive for them to do. And you have, if they're doing something negative and you think that's not good, you're going to tell them that too. So yes, you're always guiding your, your kiddos from that sense. But when I over identify, I, I don't, then see them for who they are. And then I kind of put stuff on them, if you will. You know, it's easy to do if you aren't really seeing them as, as their own person meant to live their own life here. But that's more of an adult thing, I think, and too. And my, my, my kids have gone to college and that was wonderful, but they both in their own way have come, come back around and, and have decided that, you know, that they want to change their career. And I thought, what the heck? Like, you're... We just, we just got, you know, but really I, I had a moment where I was like, you know, I, I don't want my lives, my kids to live a life that's unexpressed. And what that means to me is that they're here to do and be who they are supposed to be and do. And at this point at 26 and 28, I'm here just to support the heck out of them and love them and cheer them on. And if they come around for, I don't know, question or two you know i'm open to talking because they have a therapist as a mom <laughs> we'll talk about it Absolutely. but you know at their invitation too so i think that's kind of what i have i noticed that when they were little you know where i would kind of be over identifying and then oh, putting my stuff on them and i, I that would get wonky you mm -hmm. know ultimately they would kind of give a signal like you know, but it, I had have to be paying attention to catch it. So a lot of times through the years with parents and kids, you know, you kind of have that going on in a sense. It's so unconscious. You know, it's not I'm not intending to just over identify with, you know, and, and put my stuff on you. But um, sometimes when you put that lens to it for, for parents, they say, oh, you know, I'm I kind of see how that might be at work here for me with that and that mm -hmm. can be helpful but that's you know that's just one kind of thing mm -hmm. with kiddos i love it yeah. it's just yeah and again i go back to just love right love and be there and uh everybody's going to be on their own journey yeah. and just you know make sure you're there for them all right what about um say i am Dip, just dipping my toes in mental health, right? I'm just trying to figure out, like, what do I want to do? Do I want to do this? Do I want to go down this path? What would you recommend for somebody that's maybe new to this? What what type of mental health resources would you recommend to somebody? It could be a maybe it's maybe it's books or maybe it's people or a pot, anything. Yeah. What would you recommend? Well, these days, there are we have lots of options, mm -hmm. right? So you do have people like I hear on that are learning from TikTok that are gathering information. Um, maybe it is you know um, a yoga class or, or or something like that that brings them to a moment of calm or peace or whatever. Maybe it's a meditation app or something mm -hmm. where they start a practice of being guided and kind of slowing down a little bit. Um, so there's there's things like that. And then if you are thinking about talking with somebody, um, 
you have there's there's different things you can do. There is um, there's something called Psychology Today that's online. There are lots of ways to therapists are are uh, sharing their services, kind of sharing who they are, what their specialties are, what they tend to work with. And you can go and put in your zip code and kind of look at providers that are in your area and read about them and read about their special and see if anything resonates. So mm-hmm. there, there are, there are um, things like that where, where you can, but I think um, more and more there are different resources out there for folks um, that you, we can tap into that we're learning about. I mean, you know, it's on TV commercials and, and different kind of things. Um, Love yeah. it. Yeah. It's fantastic. Okay. Hey, we're going to wrap this up with one more question, and yes. it's a biggie. Is it? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. It's, it's a do pretty... You wanna, do you want to sit here? My I haven't had any this You haven't time. even busted into that yet. <laughs> um, it's a pretty broad question. Okay. But um, we like to ask because everyone so far has given a different answer due to their own personal experience and their own perspective. People are listening. Somebody out there is thinking of themselves, kind of like Jason said, maybe they're wanting to dip their toes into uh, self-exploration and mental health and self-awareness and uh, all that stuff. You've already given a wealth of information, but what is one piece of advice that you would provide someone if they're thinking about trying to further themselves along this journey. Um, it's a big journey, right? It's a big journey. There's lots of uh, challenges. Um, and I know there's not one single answer that's going to fix everything, but what is just one tiny, nugget of, tiny of nugget. advice? Well, I, for me, I think one thing that I have found helpful both for myself and with people that I work with, is this idea of this idea of being curious, okay, about yourself. Meaning that sometimes when we are curious and relaxed, when we put those two things together, we create kind of a a, a feel of receptivity, if you want to say it that way, right? A lot of us are going, going, going. We are, you know, um, have our plans, have our things, have our goals and, and, and all of that and black and white more. But sometimes if you just, it, it is so powerful to just notice something about yourself and say, huh, I wonder what drives that for me. You know, I wonder what, you know, is, I wonder what that's about for me and leave it to the wind. I say, you know, it's kind of like a lot of times we're like, if I'm going to ask myself a question, I'm going to find that answer and I'm going to find it now. And it's going to be, you know, so by this open, relaxed and curious stance with yourself, kind of, um, energy, if you will, with yourself, you you would be so surprised at the things that kind of come your way and the things that you start to discover. Because if you just have something about yourself and you're like, hmm, geez, I wonder what drives that for me. And the th- and, and you might be doing something later and, be, and something comes to you and you're like, oh my God, that is me doing this because I've always done it that way. And I always thought I should do it that way. But you know what? I never really liked doing it that way in the first place. And I finally realized it. You know, <laughs> it's kind of that kind of thing. So an open, relaxed and curious relationship with yourself 
as a practice will bring really cool things to start to come to your awareness that you can start to just fetter with a little bit and think about. And that might take you to your next breadcrumb. And then that might take you to your next breadcrumb, you know. But if you're awake and aware, things will cross your path that are meant to get your attention. But if you are not awake and aware, you're not going to see them. You know, you're just going to keep doing that thing, you know. So we want to slow down. We want to get centered in to our own energy. If we're open, relaxed, and curious, and kind, we have to be kind to ourselves. We are so used to showing up and taking, you know, I'm taking roll call with myself, this, that, and the other. Man, I should have done that better. I wasn't quick enough with that. That's me not doing it good enough. I haven't done it good enough for many years. I got to get better at that. Like, that's how we show up with ourselves, right? So it's kind of like, in a way, our spirit says, oh, my God, don't ask me another question because I'll give you the answer, but you're so hard on us. I'm not going to keep doing this with you. We kind of protect ourselves from ourselves. So in a way, when we start to cultivate a relationship with ourselves that is centered on being curious and relaxed and kind to ourselves, our inner world, our feelings, our thoughts, who we are, the kind of experiences we're moving through, when we do that, the world starts to show up a little differently. And that's all we need. Sometimes the world doesn't even show up differently. Our perspective on things changes. And then that shifts our world. Does that make sense? Wow. My, so, go- my goosebumps <laughs> make sense. <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah, that's, yeah. Wow, that, wow is right. Um, yeah. Jeez, I'm just letting that sit with me right now. Hello. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, Kristen, place. I can't thank you enough. Um, the oh. words that are coming into my mind right now um, about you, authentic, sincere, integrity, um, caring, giving, uh, selfless, uh, insightful. I oh, mean, those are all you. the things. Um, just absolute joy to sit down yeah. and, and listen to you and, and, and take in everything that you had yeah. to say. Um, I, I mean, I feel like we're not even recording. I feel like, <laughs> I know, I know. like, I feel like we're just getting all this wonderful yeah. information for ourselves, but I know the listeners are going to um, really benefit from, Good. from what you had to say. Yeah. So. I'm, thank you for having me. This has been fun, right? <laughs> like this is, this is the good stuff. Yeah, it is. I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. It is. Kristen, too, um, Kevin and I can't thank you enough for this partnership. And I know we're just in the beginning stages of this, and you've uh, been a tremendous help for both Kevin and I. And uh, we're forever grateful for that. And we want to continue to bring good out into the world. And that is our hope in helping people uh, to go inward, connect people, and ultimately just bring good to the world and so thank you thank you thank you i'm so glad you were on today's episode uh because we continue on this journey uh one step at a time one conversation at a time and as we wrap up today's episode we would love for you to follow subscribe and rate review our podcast wherever you listen 
We are so grateful for your support. As always, please follow us on all of our social media accounts at Two Principles. You can also find us on the web at www.twoprinciples.com. Questions for Kevin or myself, email us at twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for raising your frequency today and looking inward. As always, wishing you peace and happiness on your journey. And remember, a better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Until next time, get out of your head and into your heart.